Santos's kick is lined up. That kick is good. He got it. So the Kansas City Chiefs sidestep a potential banana skin in week three of the 2017 season after beating the LA Chargers 24-10 at the StubHub Center. The Chiefs are now 3-0 and one of only two teams left in the NFL that still remain unbeaten. This is the Arrowheads Broad Reaction Show. I'm Brad Simcox and I'm with the boss man Tom Childs. And joining us this week, whilst Dave is away gallivanting around America... Uh, we actually have a special guest. It's the first time he's been on the show. It's former Chiefs reporter and one of the top Arrowhead Pride writers around. It's w- the one and only Pete Sweeney, everybody. What? <laughs> Where's the round of applause? Wow. Uh, appreciate it. It's my first time doing anything with uh, you guys from across the pond, but uh, I'm yeah. happy to be on the show. It's great to have you with us. Really good. Really exciting to have you with me. mate. Um, so... What have you been up to? What have you been? Uh, what have you been doing these days? I, I presume that the reporting is going really well with the way the Chiefs are going at the minute. Right. I think whenever you're reporting on any team in the league, it's always easier when they're winning. I think more people want to read your articles, listen to your podcasting, your shows when the team's winning. So couldn't really be doing any any better than three and zero. So do you like that out of the Chiefs? And I don't know. As you could guys can tell you know from moving from chiefs.com to arrowhead pride it's a little bit of a personality change for me this year yeah. a little bit a little mm-hmm. bit more loose but uh i've been having fun with it and you know like i said as the team has success this is gonna get more and more fun i've got a question pete a few weeks ago on twitter you mentioned about another podcast that you've been doing on the side and i gave you a name suggestion uh, i don't know if you remember what it was um I actually suggested that you should call your new podcast Sweeney Pod. And I, I, <laughs> and I, I was really happy with that. And You know, that's, that's it's pretty clever. I have to give it to you. I mean, I was not really familiar with Sweeney Todd. And then they came out with a movie here. I saw it. I thought, I mean, I'm not much of a singer. But I do like the no. name. Maybe I maybe in future when I, when I get into even more podcasting, maybe Sweeney Pod uh, would be the way to go. Uh, yeah. Tom's copywritten it now. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. late. (laughs) Unless, of course, you decide to start murdering people whilst they're having their haircut, Uh, then then you can have it. Human meat pie. It really is. It really is a sick movie when you think about it. He's eating, or I'm sorry, he's serving human human meat and guts, and it's you know when it comes down to it, it's a beautiful movie when it comes to like the music, but really with the premise of it, it's kind of disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I've not actually seen it. I'm gonna have to watch it though. It's really yeah, good. I, yeah, spoiler alert. They, there's I'll watch it on the plane. Well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, well, um, yeah, go on. Go on I was going to say, are you going on a plane this week? Uh, I am. Uh, are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which plane are you going on? I'm going on a flight to Kansas City. Really? Same here. Yeah. <laughs> how, how funny is that? What how funny is that? Yeah, I it's coincidence, isn't it? I'm, I'm 22J. Uh, it's funny. I think I'm 21, Jay. I think. Is this the part of the? Is this the part of the podcast where I'm supposed to say I'm flying the Britain this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the hell out of America. <laughs> That's right. We should. I probably should. <laughs> yeah, we should come with a, an, an advisory warning, shouldn't we? Really? Um, let's uh, let's obviously go into the uh, the game that uh, that 
has actually made the Chiefs 3-0 and in this season. Uh, there's only us and the Falcons that have actually got 3-0 and now. Um, the Chargers, I mean, they put up a bit of a fight, didn't they? Yeah, it was an interesting game. I, I, I thought it was one of the weirder games I've seen in a long time out of the Chiefs where, I don't know if you guys were feeling this when you were watching it, uh, that at the beginning... It seemed like that they were just going to roll over the Chargers, and then the Chargers cut mm-hmm. it to 14-7, yeah. and then they just hang around the whole game. And, you know, you don't have that Kareem Hunt touchdown at the end. It's only a seven-point win. So uh, just a very weird game. And I said on, on my podcast yesterday, I think this is the type of game you have to appreciate in its own right in the fact that, yeah, you know, there's 16 of these things. Sometimes it's not going to be as pretty as destroying the New England Patriots on opening night. Like, sometimes you're going to have to win these ugly games. It was an ugly game in L.A., and the Chiefs come away with the win. Exactly. That's the way you've got to look at it. Anytime you can go on the road in the division and get a W, it doesn't really matter how you get it. Okay, I agree that in the opening quarter, it looked like it was going to be comfortable, and it probably wasn't um, as comfortable as we wanted it. But a win's a win. It's another one on the road. It's now 12, 12 on a row in the in the AFC West. Yeah, so, that's crazy start, that. Yeah, no other teams on a row like that in their division. But how many in a row in, on the road in regular season? Now is it eight in a row on regular season on the road? So the I team's know. rolling as as long as they're getting wins. Yeah. I'm happy. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 all about winning ugly sometimes, isn't it? Um, as long as you get that W. Uh, everything's rosy in the world, isn't it? Um, but let's let's talk about the. The defensive uh, setup, really, from uh, from the Chargers, because that D line looked okay. Uh, Ingram seemed to be causing us a heck of a lot of problems, didn't well, yeah, he? Yeah, I mean that. Those are Ingram and Bosa are two of the best edge rushers in the league. Yeah. And I think in this game, with it, how good the Chiefs' offensive line has been for them in recent years, you know, the offensive line is never going to be a part of the team that you're going to be having rave reviews. When do you talk about the offensive line? It's when Alex Smith is getting sacked and. Man, they had a tough they had a tough uh, matchup on uh, Sunday against the Chargers. They had a tough matchup against the Eagles, and you know it wasn't perfect. Alex Smith didn't stay that clean. I think they had five sacks, but at the same time, they did enough where the team was able to put up 24 points. And it's, like I was like I was saying, some days you're not going to have the time. And we've seen the tendency for Alex Smith to be able to throw the ball down the field this year, and that wasn't really the case on Sunday because he was under all that pressure. But a lot of it has to do with with the defensive front of the Chargers and the defensive front of the Eagles, I think more so Mm -hmm. than a problem with the offensive line because you've seen throughout the National Football League this year, offensive lines have been struggling, so I think the Chiefs got a pretty good one. A little bit rough of a week, though. Yeah, and I think the um, we didn't really get to test the the, the Chargers' secondary in a way, did we? Because that that kind of defensive line seemed to just shut us down pretty quickly. Uh, Smith couldn't really get the ball Yeah, away no, I was surprised because, you know, going into this game, they're missing Jason Durrett. You know, I was thinking of Travis Kelsey, who had one yard, and Tyree Kill, who had a better game. We're going to have field days with it. I thought they were going to have great games. But really, yeah, it was, it was a weird day in the sense that Alex Smith really couldn't get anything going as far as passing. Only finishes with 155 yards and two touchdowns. Of course, no picks, which is what you want to see. He's never going to lose you the football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the uh, the other side of the uh, the Chargers' um, makeup, I suppose, isn't it? With uh, the amount of picks that Rivers fl- uh, threw, I nearly said flew there. Um, Rivers, is the, is is it now time for the Chargers to look at uh, scrapping the Rivers project? Because the only the only downside I seem to see from the Chargers' game was the picks. 
Yeah, I mean, I at this point, I mean, who, who's behind them? It's Kellen Clemens, uh, Cardale Jones. I, I don't think they don't they don't have a a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes to turn the keys over to yet. I don't think they've drafted that quarterback. It was a bad game uh, for Rivers. And Rivers and Alex Smith are very different quarterbacks in that you see Rivers, Mm -hmm. as you were saying, just flying the ball around, if you want to call it that. That's kind of what he does and kind of what he does best. He's not afraid to take a risk. And you're going to see that, I think, more in the future of the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes gets the keys. But him and Alex Smith are very different quarterbacks. Uh, Alex Smith for me, is more of a mental quarterback, does a lot of smart things with the football. Phillip Rivers is a guy that if he sees one-on-one coverage with a receiver he, tr- he trusts, he's going to throw it up. And that's why you saw Terrence Mitchell get two interceptions against Travis Benjamin on Sunday. It's because Rivers is not afraid. But he happened to have three picks on Sunday. There are games where you see five touchdowns and maybe one interception. But it's just a different type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, th- I still believe that Philip Rivers is in the upper tier of quarterbacks in the league. I don't think they'll be scrapping him anytime soon. It was a bad game, no doubt. Uh, but uh, Rivers just has a lot of the talents. And really, from hearing the coaching staff and you hear these Chargers people, he, he brings a lot of leadership to that room. And, and it's, you know, it's been doing it now for you know, 10, 15 years, whatever it's been. So uh, I don't think yet, uh, probably within the next four, five, six years, maybe. But uh, I, I think he's the guy you know, for the foreseeable future. How much do you think um, LA come into yesterday's game? Because StubHub's only holds 27,000. They said there was 27,000 people there. There wasn't. There was empty seats everywhere. And at least half of the seats were filled with Chiefs fans. It, it can't be easy being a home team and seeing half the stadium supporting your, your rivals. How Do you reckon that has an effect on the LA I mean, It can't be fun. I, I, I get annoyed sometimes when you see Dallas Cowboys show up at Arrowhead Stadium. Dallas Cowboys fans show up at Arrowhead Stadium and other places in the league. Same thing with the New England Patriots. It's these cool, you know, these teams that have a little bit more cool of a reputation where they'll travel well. The Steelers are another one that comes to mind. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel like the the home field advantage in football is such a big part of it, especially when it comes to defense. You see it at Arrowhead Stadium all the time. That place is rocking. And when it's rocking, sometimes the mm-hmm. offense, they have to go on silent count. You see more false starts at Arrowhead Stadium than you do otherwise. And, yeah, I, I, I got to think that's got to have, like, a little bit of an impact at least. And we mentioned Phillip Rivers. This is a guy who has not move, moved to L.A. I don't know if you guys have seen. He has a special car now where you can watch film in the car. Uh, and he travels to San Diego because he didn't want to move all of his children um, to L.A. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at it, and you look at what this Chargers team is doing. How many close games did they lose? I think they were 4-18 since 2015 going into this game in close games. Uh, so you, they lose another one, 0-3 oh, starts of the year. And they've been right there, it seems like, for the past three years, but they've just been on the wrong side of all these games. And mm-hmm. uh, the L.A. thing doesn't help. And it was just a weird um outlook yesterday too just given the fact that this is a soccer stadium like I, I it just it was it just seemed a little bit odd uh and a couple of the riders were saying it was really cool but yeah if you're supposed to be home and then you look up and you see thousands and thousands of red jerseys i can't imagine that that's a good feeling at all yeah i suppose yeah that's a that's probably a big thing isn't it i mean um our, our very own dave barnett actually mentioned uh about home field advantage and things like that last time didn't he, he said it it shouldn't really he, he feels it it it, sh- it shouldn't really matter didn't he is that what he said tom it shouldn't really matter to a professional team these days yeah but... he feels he feels that home home field advantage is maybe a bit 
overplayed in in American sports because it's not really a big thing here in the UK. Like obviously teams do have better home records than they do away records, but to the point of a the crowd having an actual impact on the game, he doesn't really buy into. No. Obviously, Arrowhead and stadiums like Arrowhead and Seattle are so loud that I tend to disagree with him a little bit. And I'm hoping that when we go on Monday night, that he's going to be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, he won't be able to communicate with us at all, William. Really, yeah, it was on Monday night <laughs> when the Chiefs fans set the noise record against the New England Patriots. That was a Monday night yeah, exactly. game too, and. Exactly. You know, whenever there are these national games, nighttime games, the crowd seems to get a little bit more turned up. So I expect it to be pretty loud on Monday night when you when you guys are there too. I'm sure you guys will help with that. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll just need to put it on us, won't they? The, uh, the, Give you the guys count. a couple of megaphones, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea, though. <laughs> um, going back to the game briefly, the, uh, what did you feel were the key matchups, Tom? What do you think were the the key matchups in this game? Um, Marcus Peters and Keenan Allen was obviously the one that everyone was looking at mm. before the game and the one that everyone was excited about um, Keenan Allen didn't really get his fill I was expecting him to have um, get his his targets, get his catches and be a handful for the Chiefs he is a handful, he's like particularly good after the catch but Marcus Peters dealt with him and so did Terence Mitchell to be fair whenever he it doesn't matter who he went up against they seemed to do the job um the two corners in particular in Mitchell and Peters had very very good games um you you know that Mitchell's going to be subject to a lot of targets and every now and then he's going to give up a big play but he battles every single play he always seems to be in and around the ball yeah um as for the guy on the other side 22 he could have quite easily had three picks yesterday um he probably put he probably put two down but the guy, he's just... T- teams are throwing to him now. Like they could tend to have avoided him at the end of last season. Tom Brady avoided him. But then two weeks in a row, you've got Rivers and you've got um, Wentz. Carson yeah. Wentz who are throwing to him. And I just don't understand it because he is going to punish you. Um, the only problem that I saw with Marcus Peters yesterday was that he, he lost his head a little bit after... I think it was... Was it a pass interference call maybe or a holding call? He was, was getting shoved around, yeah. He was getting shoved around before and, he, uh, the play, yeah. He lost his head a little bit, but then you had Justin Houston come in and almost like headbutt him a couple of times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> helmet to helmet to helmet. And I really enjoyed seeing that from Justin Houston too. That that leadership that we thought that we'd be lacking when Eric Berry left, but it's nice to see Justin Houston step up. That's the key thing in this team, though, isn't it? They, they, we've got leaders all over the all over the team, really, all over the uh, all over the roster. Um, yeah, Houston doing that was was fantastic. But um, going on literally kind of sidetracking a little bit um the tight ends in this game they just didn't seem to be interacting well enough and the way i linked that there was um <laughs> andy reed giving um what's his name kelsey a dressing down uh in the previous game and then houston having that dressing down with uh with peters on on the field there's there's a lot of people there that will tell you if you've done something wrong won't they the thing about him is what you got to realize is this this is a guy who really really likes football and he really likes to win and he gets really angry when things aren't going his way on the field and i think for a couple plays he thought he deserved uh to be the benefactor of the offensive pass interference penalty but yes i think when he gets out of hand and you see a guy like justin houston go up to him and say listen 
you can't really be doing that type of stuff. It was pretty clear on the broadcast that that's what he was going up to tell him. And I think you made a great point. When Eric Berry, uh, you know, is not there, someone has to do it. And you like the fact that Justin Houston has now stepped up and is taking on that role as far as mm-hmm. leadership because that's something you do see, and that's a very small part of it. But then you got to think, okay, Justin Houston is probably keeping the younger players um, in line in the locker room, you know, on the field, off the field. He's making sure that these guys probably aren't getting into trouble. He's taken on that Eric Berry role, mm-hmm. and that's so important um, as you get to be one of these top teams in the league. The Chiefs are on top of the AFC. There's no other team that's undefeated. I think Justin Houston understands uh, what they have on their hands this year, which is a real shot to be Super Bowl contenders. And if you heard from both of these guys in the locker room after the game, both weren't thrilled at their performance today. So you think about that. They're mm-hmm. 24, they win 24-10. They're 3-0. and They're still unsatisfied. That's what you want to be seeing. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, Peter's had a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I said it on my own podcast, the Airhead Pride podcast. You know, if you think about it in your own life, what happens sometimes? You, sometimes you go to work and you get angry with a coworker and you maybe say something you shouldn't have. There's going to be moments like that. You don't want that to happen every day, but at least if you learn from them, you know, you, you kind of make amends and then you become better for that. It is what it is. It's going to happen sometimes, especially with how passionate Marcus Peters is. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but it does happen every day. I'm always having a go. At <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I, I want to talk about um, before we move on to the Redskins game, obviously we've got we've got to get to Kareem Hunt, and that is who the superstar of the team at the moment. But one thing that really bothered me yesterday was the yellow flags. Um, I don't know what's happened this year, but the Chiefs last year were one of the most disciplined teams in the league, like penalty wise. Then all of a sudden we've come into this season and we're just seeing cloth mm. everywhere. Yesterday, what was it? 12 or 13 penalty, penalty flags against the chiefs. What do you reckon has been the, the change in where this led to the ill discipline that's coming to you know, this team? I, I, I couldn't really put put my finger on it right now. You know, it's not only the boneheaded penalties like taunting and maybe unsportsmanlike conduct. It's also uh, holding. And it could be a, a shift, you know, a pass interference, mm-hmm. things like that. It could be a shift in rules where maybe they're calling it even tighter now. Um, but, yeah, you had yesterday 13 penalties for 122 yards. So far through three games, it hasn't cost the team the game. But you're going to get into a situation here where you're playing a good team. And, I mean, you saw last night how great the Redskins were. It could be as, as soon as next week uh, where you only can win by three points. Maybe you're only up by one point. And a penalty can really cost you the game. It hasn't so far. Good thing about it is Andy Reid is well aware. He mentioned it uh, Monday morning in his conference call with the Kansas City media. He, you know, he said, we have to clean that up. I think if there's anyone that understands it more than anyone else, it's Andy Reid. So, yes, it's bad. Yes, it's a problem. But the head, coaching, head, uh, head coach and the coaching staff realizes it. You hope that they get that cleaned up on tape because, like I said, now you got a good Redskins team coming in. And you don't want to get upset at Arrowhead when you're rolling. And uh, it also it has to start with the little things, and that's making sure that you're not taking those dumb penalties. Mm-hmm. I mean, the um, the previous games that uh, the Redskins have played, I thought their offensive line looked really suspect. But that last game against the Raiders, I don't know, it just looked 
it looked like a different team. I think what you were saying there, it does look like they've sorted out whatever the problems were there. Yeah, and the crazy thing, too, is last night against the Raiders, they were missing two of their best players, in yeah. Jordan Reed and Rob Kelly. They didn't even have them going into this game, and not only were they winning, they seem to be dominating. And this is a Raiders team that a lot of people are considering one of the best so I gained a lot of respect for the Redskins last night, and it's scary given the fact that they have this big win, and now they, you know, the Chiefs, it's, it hasn't been this way in a very long time, but the Chiefs are trying to get some targets on their back. You know, when you're, you're, when you're in the top one to three in power rankings and you're undefeated, one of two undefeated teams in the league, you're going to have teams that want to beat you, and I can imagine uh, the boost that the Redskins could get from coming into one of the toughest places in the league to play and by pulling off the upset against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium, uh, it's just too too much big of a risk to, to give them any extra yardage um, and penalties, things like that, because obviously this team is better than we realized. Yeah, we, we've wandered into like uncharted territory now, haven't we? We're sitting at the top of the power rankings. And uh, like you said, everybody, we're suddenly looking over our shoulder. We've, we've never really been like that. And I think there's a vibe going around at the minute through throughout all the Chiefs fans around just thinking, yeah, it's great being up there. But there's that kind of air of caution about us now, isn't there? And you beat the New England Patriots. So the fact that you you have that tiebreaker now, it also gives you a game where if you lose against a common opponent, you have the tiebreaker head-to-head -head against the Patriots. So... I don't know. You continuing this up, you could end up getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I know it's so early, but that's that was such a big win in that like the Patriots could be your biggest competition here. Maybe yeah. the Steelers is another team. But to have that win, it's just there's so much promise for this team, and with that comes a target on your back. Mm -hmm. We have obviously with the uh, Broncos and Raiders playing each other this weekend. Um, there's the added incentive to go for an O and put some real daylight between at least one of those teams this weekend. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you, yeah. you, you always love when when these two division teams are beating up on each mm -hmm. other, and you're you're not even involved in the mix because you know one of them is going to add another loss to that tally. So that being said, you're right. I mean, not only in the AFC but in the AFC West, and everyone knows uh, it could be eight and eight some years. I mean, you don't know how the year is going to go, but the top of the division is so important because you, you're guaranteed that automatic bid. So to see these teams get more losses and more losses and to maintain that goose egg in the loss column, that's what you want. And, and it doesn't matter how early it is in the season. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, well, let's talk about uh, Monday Night Football then. Um, we've touched on it briefly about the Redskins, but how do the Chiefs go about beating this Redskins team? What's the, what's the weaknesses that uh, you think the uh, the Redskins have got at the minute? I think from what I saw the other night, my, my thing is I really like what the Redskins have been able to do up front again on defense. So I, I really uh, think it's going to be a matter of offensive line protection once again. you know. Yeah. And even in the backfield, you have a guy like Josh Norman. He's one of the better uh, cornerbacks in the league. He's overrated. So it's some... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen. I mean, you're going on Monday night. Don't let him. Don't let him hear that. He might come up in the stands. It's funny. Everybody's warning me. Um, Brad, Brad's been saying this for months. He really doesn't rate Josh. I Norman. don't. Um, I really don't. I don't understand why he doesn't because I think he's brilliant. But um, Brad, Brad's got this hatred towards Josh Norman for some. I'm just happy reason. that the way things are that Josh Norman and Marcus Peters are both defensive players because if for some reason those two guys had to be on the field at the same time, I do not expect that to be a pretty, um, no. a pretty scenario. <laughs> Chippy. Should we call it Chippy? That's Chippy. Chippy, yeah. yeah. That's a good word for it, actually. Yeah. yeah, no, I think the key here is just staying balanced. I mean, it's it's using your strengths, which is what? Kareem Hunt. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Travis Kelsey needs to get back in the mix. It was a little alarming seeing him only have one receiving yard last game. Yeah, why was that? It seemed like he wasn't as as, as big a part of the game plan this week. I don't know if that had anything to do with what happened last week. And another thing is, I think a lot of these teams are going the Patriots' way of taking Travis Kelsey out of the game because he's one of the biggest weapons for the Chiefs. And they say, all right, you're not going to use your biggest weapon. Beat us with Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. The only problem with that is Kareem Hunt is a freak. So I don't know where where you have this guy who's leading the league as a rookie in yards from scrimmage. And it's just unbelievable uh, that the Chiefs uh, drafted him in the third round. And he's just kind of shown out. And and even last game, even before that 69-yard touchdown, he already had like 103 yards in the day. It's not like he was having a bad day. It just went from a bad day to Mm. another oh-my-gosh day. Uh, where he was able to get 172 yards, like mind-boggling numbers. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's playing to your uh, offensive strengths. You had a guy sort of come out of the woodwork um, for the Raiders last night in uh, their wide receiver, Thompson, who is just another player uh, to watch. He, uh, I believe, had like 150 yards um, on the Raiders. Um, so for me, it's you know managing him and... Uh, Terrell Pryor is another really athletic player, and uh, people are going to forget this about this game, but the Chiefs actually parted ways with Terrell Pryor a bit ago, and so whenever there's a player playing against their their old team, that's always somebody to watch. Yeah. Um, Tom, did you echo those thoughts? Do you you think there's anything else there that the the Chiefs can exploit? I think if you can get after Kirk Cousins, then you stand a chance because he's another quarterback that likes to... Likes to sling it, and but again, with these quarterbacks that like to sling the ball, if you get after them and pressure them, then they tend to not fall apart, but um, they they struggle, and that's where the Chiefs are going to win this game. Because although the cornerbacks looked particularly good yesterday, I still worry with the Redskins having so many weapons and Stevie Nelson not being in the lineup. Um, when we get to our nickel package, which is most of the time these days, the way the NFL, the offenses are run, um, with having Philip Gaines in there, I think the key to us stopping the Redskins is getting after Cousins. And I I do expect Justin Houston to have a big game and maybe even a coming out party for this season for D Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've got to point out from the Chargers game, and Dave will thank me for saying this as well, is Bob Sutton towards the end of the, you know, that last drive. I think I actually tweeted mm-hmm. about it as well. Uh, he just seems to just stand the the defense back, doesn't he? And just lets the opposition come at us. Um, and they were very close to scoring a, a touchdown for it, weren't they? Um, I know Dave will be screaming at that every time he, every time he saw it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just another observation that you know we can't really be giving uh, a team like the Redskins uh, that kind of you know invitation to get back into a game, do we? I just think it's the team playing the percentages. They know if they've got 14-point lead with a minute left, for it to go wrong and the them to tie it up, a lot has to go against them. And that's why I think that Bob Sutton yesterday, especially the way that Phil Rivers was playing, just thought, right, you're not going to beat us. You're not getting beyond us. It's like when a couple of times when we had like third and 15 and you saw the the Chargers, they just stuck five or six guys yeah. on the on the first down marker. I just think that's what they were doing, just saying uh, you can have anything short, but you're not getting in the end zone. Yeah. It, it is a little scary, I think, though, in, in the sense that this is two weeks in a row now, and I understand that the Chiefs ended up winning by two touchdowns last game, but this is two weeks in a row now where the 
other team was able to creep their way back in. Mm-hmm. You remember Carson Wentz had a Hail Mary shot at the end of that game, would have tied the game if that goes wrong. And, I mean, how many times in across the league have you seen replays, especially of the Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, variety of Hail Mary at the end of the game to tie it and then a loss in overtime. So, you know, I think it's a mentality thing where the Chiefs in this game, you know, all they needed was a first down. And instead of getting a first down, Kareem Hunt not only got the first down, but he basically stepped on, uh, I was going to say, San Diego, Los Angeles' throat. He said, There's a lot of people saying that, haven't it? San Diego, a lot of people saying that, haven't they? He's like, you know, they said, not only am I going to get this first down, I'm going to run the 69 yards, and this game's over. And so you hope to see that if the Chiefs are in control in a third or fourth quarter that they um, just finish the job, step on the throat a little bit earlier, give you guys some comfort, uh, maybe let you go to the concession lines for a final beer before you leave Arrowhead Stadium uh, on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, be, uh, we'll be there, obviously, on Monday night. Are, are you going as well, Pete? Um, I might be in the parking lot before the game, but then I usually come back and watch at home uh, yeah. just to – uh, get articles out, things like that. But uh, I'll be, I should be around at least at some point this weekend if maybe there was, there's a chance to collaborate for a second. Oh, we'll look out for our flags if you uh, if you're wandering around the parking lot. Where are you guys? Uh, where are you guys planning on tailgating? We're in lot D, aren't we, Tom? Yeah, we've been fortunate because I've been over once before and I got invited to a tailgate with some of the guys from lot D before, and they made me feel so welcome. If you, honestly, like if you f- guys are going f- to, to that lot, it must be lot D for dangerous because that's that's where it's <laughs> yeah. going to be getting aggressive. <laughs> Stay clear. No, you just you just see you just see Union Jacks everywhere. It looked like um, it looked like a bunch of football hooligans. Are yeah, the British are coming. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, I I had such a good time with those guys last time, and good. as soon as we uh, announced that we were coming on this trip, straight away I got a direct message on Facebook. Oh, Tom, we want you guys to come and tailgate with us, so we've accepted their invite. And um, yeah, all twenty eight of us are, are going to tailgate with them, and it should it should be one hell of a time. I should imagine. Yeah. You guys, what you need to do is uh, get some Chiefs jerseys and somehow incorporate the the flag, the the British flag somehow. Is it's up in a thought of you guys um we we wanted to like the union jack is so busy <laughs> such a busy flag oh my god did you just say <laughs> that there's, there's, <laughs> i did there's, there's so much going on that it's like designing wise it's a nightmare to work with. so we need to change <laughs> our flag is that what you're saying tom Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> there's too, there's too much going on on it. Just when, so I, just when I thought America was the only, only country with flag issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we change ours apparently because it doesn't go with our jerseys. <laughs> this is, this is where the real issues are at. That's right. That's right. <laughs> on that, where, where do you stand on the whole uh, kneeling? It is, it is the big. It's even moment. over here, it's isn't even it? Been reported. On, yeah, I watched the national news today, and the second or third stories uh, story in the national news was Trump and the NFL, which you never see the NFL in national news over here. So, yeah. where, where, where do you stand on the situation? Uh, you know, I, I think people are going to feel different ways about this, so I want to acknowledge that even before I say anything. But and that that being said, uh, it w- was upsetting to hear uh, President Trump's comments, and for me, I think just like you know. Any fan is allowed to feel how they want to feel. That is mm-hmm. their American right. Uh, any player is allowed to do whatever they want to do, you know, short of breaking the law during a flag ceremony. And if it's trying to create awareness um, and make the country a better place and they want to kneel, that's their American right. And if uh, f- a player wants to come out 
and stand for the flag. That's his American right, and you saw the Steelers chose to keep um, their entire team in the locker room, and one of the Steelers uh, was upset about it. And so he came out and stood for the flag and, and by himself. Yeah, I saw that. And so yeah. I, th I think the bigger thing is, um, A, no matter what, what way you look at it, you can't throw your support behind um, a president, and, and stinks to say that, who's calling it his own citizens SOBs. Uh, so I think no matter what you're saying in that, um, in that breath, you're already, you're already wrong by saying that. Um, and even so, again, it's all about rights. And whatever a player wants to do, I think um, they're afforded the opportunity to do. And we've seen that with Andy Reid and his comments on the situation. He's been saying uh, the players have rights. And um, they're not only you know, the ones that are sitting, Marcus Peters and things like that. They do a lot for their communities. I know Marcus Peters does a ton um, for the Oakland community. Uh, same thing with Justin Houston, who was praying during the anthem yesterday. Um, does a lot for um, where he's from and even the Kansas City community. These guys are always out and about. So uh, bigger deal is it was just nice for me to see uh, the Chiefs unified on that front and then uh, even greater than that, the league as a whole unified on that front. Mm -hmm. And it's upsetting nowadays that we're all unified and for the most part i'd say i would say we're all most for the most part unified against your own president it's just not a, a healthy and good feeling anymore so that's no. my that's my on a lighter <laughs> on a lot all right okay on a light on a lighter note because i could talk about this for, for hours it does fascinate me like even my girlfriend is now getting involved in the conversation she wants to know what's going on when when the um they were doing the national anthems for the London game yesterday. She was interested to see what was going on because it is it has become a huge story over the course of the weekend with the NFL, Steph Curry and Trump. So I don't want to be here for ages talking about it. So I'm going to move sure. on. I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm move on. <laughs> now the real big important issue: where do we need to get barbecue from <laughs> this weekend? Okay, so this is very. This is probably the most important part of their Definitely. conversation. It comes at minute thirty-four. Yeah, I've leaned in on the microphone. Um, here. I'm, I'm waiting. Come on. <laughs> so, when I first got to Kansas City, a lot of people were saying uh, Oklahoma Joe's, which was now called Casey Joe's, and of course you have your mm -hmm. Jack Stack. But I, I, I tend to support the up and comings. So there's a new place, or I would say not new to Kansas Cityans, but new um, in the grand scheme of barbecue in Kansas City called Q39, which is very I've good. I've heard about this, yeah. Q39, if you can really only go to one place, I would I would go there. And uh, it's on 39th Street. They have a wonderful bar as well. I'm, I'm sure if you guys want to dabble in some pints. And also, <laughs> Char Bar is another place that's really good as well. And I know you, you guys are coming for the whole weekend. Yeah, it offers, we are. It offers an opportunity on a Saturday, uh, watch some college football games. If, if it's a nice day, you can go outside, and then they have really good food and uh, drinks available. And you could even play um, croquet or bocce ball, and they have some bags set up. I don't know if you guys like doing that, but there's um, some games as well, and that's all offered at, at the Char Bar. So those would be my two um, hidden Kansas City recommendations, Q39 and Char Bar. So some, some different, a different take on the barbecue conversation probably than you've heard before. Excellent. Oh well, we've. Nice. Uh, I'm sure we've heard Q39 for quite some time as well, there, haven't we? So uh, we'll no doubt try that out. Um, Pete, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, and helping us out while Dave's been away. Um, 
hopefully, like I said, we'll we'll see you, uh, Doctor, out the uh, <laughs> the parking lot after we get off the air. Or uh, you know what, I'll, I'll do so I don't have to say it on the podcast because I don't want all the number. Chiefs fans of Britain <laughs> just give me a call. I'll uh, I'll, sh- I'll shoot you my contact information on Twitter, and maybe there's there's there'll be an opportunity to meet up at some point. Excellent. That's great. Nice. Uh, right. So that's it for this week's uh, Our Heads Abroad reaction show. Normally we would do a preview show, but obviously we've kind of mixed that into this one this week. Um, plus, we'll all be in Kansas City, so we won't be able to do actually do anything uh, for later on in this week. Um, we are trying to get something arranged for a podcast where we're all sitting together in the same room uh, over in Kansas City, hopefully, uh, with a few few guest appearances and friends and what have you. Uh, but we're just trying to make sure that we've got the equipment there because obviously traveling traveling light it won't will be an issue um but uh, if we can do that for you we will bring that to you um but we can't promise anything i'm afraid so if you're watching the game on t- uh, on tv on monday night keep a look out for the arrowheads abroad and uk flags and let us know if you spot us uh so thanks again to the guys for helping me out uh tonight and thanks for listening to you guys thanks a lot bye now